And welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, sponsored by Dr. McCoy's Exploding Cranberry Glaze. For today's uncanny episode, I call upon the raging wind to blow us back to 1995 for our first trip into the Marvel Universe, or a Marvel Universe. So join us as we visit the X-Men in Have Yourself a Morlock Little Xmas. I am about to crash land an out-of-control ambulance onto a couple of unsuspecting ice skaters, Mike Westfall. And joining me, fresh out of podcast retirement, it's the gang from the archive. First is a man who realized too late that wearing his special sunglasses can't save anyone from his terrible singing. It's Drew Crowley. Hey, Drew. Hello. Hi. Also here and wearing enough musk of the wild for me to smell it on an audio medium, it's John Dedeke. Hello, John. What up, bub? <laughs> <laughs> and in his secret lab brewing something non-alcoholic and green, it's Adam Juritich. Welcome back, Adam. And I'm Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Well, yes, dress And like I'm a- Morph. <laughs> <laughs> And lastly, dressed like a prison chef and here to ruin your Christmas dinner. <laughs> and also from Eat Me in St. Louis, it's Nick Main. Welcome, Nick. Bum, bum, bum. Thank you. <laughs> what was that? I don't know. But uh, John, something about the smell about you makes me turn into an animal. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, award-winning Nick Main, by the way. Award-winning. Yeah. That's right. Of the award-winning Eat Me in St. Louis. Please do listen. Uh, Thank you all for coming in. This is an episode I've had banked for a while, and I know talking about X-Men is a topic so near and dear to the hearts of the archive. You all did it twice. Did we do it twice? Yeah. Redux. Redux, man. Redux, man. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell you, I'll probably do that a hundred times, so just get used to it. That's one. Start the clock. Oh no. Oh no. Can you do the bell too? Can you yeah. bring in the bell? <laughs> I can I can make a bell happen. The thing that lingers in my head from that uh that theme uh from the animated series is always that uh, oh, the bell ding. That yes. yes. <laughs> we'll bring in the bell. So let's talk briefly about your personal histories with the X-Men. This this show, and if you remember watching this Christmas episode when it first aired in the 90s. And we'll start with Nick. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, I, I grew up with X-Men watching this. Um, I didn't watch the cartoon when it was coming on, but going back to it, I appreciated that it tapped into that same Jim Lee, uh, Chris Claremont era. Um and so, yeah, this is my classic X-Men. I love them. Um, it's been a while since I've 
gotten into that. I did not remember who the Morlocks were, so I, I'm interested in you guys telling me a little bit more about their history. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I love the X Men. Perfect, Drew. What about you? Um, this was the show that really got me into the X Men and probably comics in general. Um, and I don't remember watching this episode. I think I may have uh, lost interest in the show in those later seasons. Um, and I remember there was a long break at one point between one season and the next. And I thought it was canceled for a while. But but yeah, that this was the show that got me into it. And so from there, I started reading the comics. And especially in the late 90s, uh well when this was show was on um that's when i the sort of era of x-men that i read and then recently um i guess now four years ago or so i decided to like go back start where i had stopped in the comics back in like 2000 and get current on the x-men which was uh at times really terrible um reading <laughs> but there are a few highs there um all the way up till current day i'm now reading x-men as it comes out um and so oh, wow. i'm a, a big fan very nice uh john how about you uh I, x-men is something i've never really been fully into but it was always something that i wanted to be into and uh, that started with the comics. Uh, like I, I, I started getting into the comics right around that Chris Claremont, Jim Lee era. And so I would randomly like just pick up an issue that looked kind of cool and I would try to get into it and just couldn't ever really stick with it. It was not like something that super appealed to me. So I, I would just hear about all these things like the Phoenix saga and, and uh, eventually later it was like onslaught and all this stuff, but I could never really like fully get into it. And it was kind of the same way with the show. Uh, like I, I remember, I definitely remember when this series debuted, it was kind of, it came sort of at the tail end of when I was regularly watching Saturday morning shows. And this, mm -hmm. at least in our area aired on Saturday mornings, I think around like nine o'clock or 10 o'clock in the morning. It was kind of late yeah. in the uh, in the block of programming, but I definitely remember watching the opening episode, the very first episode. No, no, no. But I don't remember anything that happened. I, I, I'm sure I watched other episodes, but I don't remember, you know, any specific instances. So, like the X Men are just like a constant enigma to me. Yeah. That uh, and this was no exception. This is the first time I, I had ever seen this episode or any uh, X Mus related X Men uh, uh, story. Yeah, that's very similar to my experience with it. I'll get into that a little more. But uh, lastly, Adam, tell us about your history. Oh yeah, I uh, watched the show like like a maniac. I had these thirty minute long VHS tapes. Like that's the extent of how long you can put something on it. So I would record uh, Batman, the animated series and X-Men. I'd have all these tapes of them and the quality was terrible. If a third minute tape, but I felt like, man, if I don't tape this stuff, I'll never see it ever again. Sure. So yeah. I would, I would like clockwork, make sure I recorded it. Um, 
But it's funny because I also, I know at some point did stop watching. I don't know if because of age, as in my own age or whatnot, but I read the comics, my friend's comics anyway, growing up. And I loved them. I loved them. I loved them. And it's funny rewatching this. I won't get too much into it, but it's amazing how much I remembered and amazing uh, how much I did not remember at all. Yeah, that that is pretty much the pattern that I went. I want to say I watched this when I first aired, but I also have my doubts that I did. I remember watching yep. it before I was an adult, so maybe I caught it on a rerun. But I'm not sure it was on that first Saturday morning. It was December 23rd, 1995. At this point, X-Men was on at 11 o'clock because this was wow. season four uh, on Fox. I was 15 at the time, and if I was still watching TV and not playing Super Nintendo by 11 o'clock, then yeah, I was probably watching X-Men. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because networks were starting, this is when they were starting to get away from the traditional blocks of Saturday morning cartoons by this point. Fox was one right. of the only, only networks still dedicated to animation on Saturday morning, NBC was full Saved by the Bell, the new class, and California Dreams. California and, Dreams! Yeah! <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> and Disney Afternoon started at this point. Yeah, I, know, I think that, that might have been it. Yeah. I think they might have been transferring all of the animation over to the afternoon, because that's when we were all watching. Adam's uh, numbers don't add up uh, from his story. Oh? He, well, he claims to have this 30-minute tape that right. he recorded oh, wow. both the X-Men and Batman on, but those are both like no, 22 no, no, no. minutes. I would have, I would have separate You're ones. talking like, like an Batman episode. Tapes. Okay. You have two 30 Batman tapes. tapes. Yeah. I have my Batman tapes and I have my X-Men tapes. Wow. Okay. You, you made this incredibly difficult for yourself. You yeah. did. Yeah. Is it surprising? I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I'm really impressed. <laughs> Got my Batman tapes and I got my <laughs> X Men tapes. Little <laughs> um, but yeah, the TV was getting away from the Saturday morning cartoon block. This was the same year, the same month, I think, that that Saturday morning cartoon's greatest hits album was released, and that was considered nostalgic. So we're close to the end of an era. <laughs> that was an incredible album. It by the was way. and is and. I think I still have it. Did you ever see the video? Wait a minute. There's a home video. Yes. The home video companion <laughs> oh, yeah. hosted by oh, Drew, Barrymore Drew Barrymore and a bunch of random people coming over in pajamas. <laughs> oh, I have seen this. Oh, I legit don't amazing. know what you guys are talking about at all. I'm sure it's available on YouTube. It has to be. I'm going to find it and put it in the show notes. Please do. There was this compilation album called Saturday Morning Cartoons Greatest Hits, and it was all of these bands doing covers of... Old cartoons. It was usually 60s, 70s era. Yeah. Yeah. I had like Liz Fair did the Tralala song. Uh, Ramones did the uh, cover of the Spider-Man theme. Matthew Sweet did the Scooby-Doo. Yeah. (laughs) I guess I've heard these songs. I didn't realize they were on an album together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You had Sublime covering Hong Kong Fooey. It was... Mm. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've heard yep. all the songs that you're talking yep. about so far. So, uh, but it was also the weekend before Christmas this aired. And that's the weekend my family, my extended family, uh, when we all lived in and around Philadelphia, would get together. So it, if it's 11 o'clock, we're getting ready to go to a party. I'm probably already mm-hmm. dressed and probably just waiting until it's time to pack the car and go. So I don't know. Let's say I did watch it then. Uh, 
According to the Marvel Animated Universe Wiki, which exists, <laughs> this is the only Christmas episode in any animated Marvel series from the 90s. Wow. Oh. Good job. That includes Spider-Man, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, Hulk, Silver Surfer had a series. Uh, and You'd think Spider-Man would have had one. Yeah, especially that. Out of all of them. Especially yeah. the 90s one. Right. Exactly. That would have done something. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> Does that mean Interactive that Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Bug? <laughs> That's exclusively with the '90s that we're talking about. Does that mean that there are uh, oh, Christmas yeah. episodes from like the '80s cartoons or the late '60s, '70s? Ones? Or the aughts? I didn't look, but probably. Like I had. I wouldn't be surprised if there, there was a Christmas episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends floating around. Oh, gotta find it if so. Well, the good thing is that's that's another episode then for you. Buddy. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> that's why Iceman's not here. But uh, <laughs> but also according to the same wiki, this episode was directed by Larry Houston, but he's not credited because he had left the show before it aired. It's not clear whether someone removed his name or he asked it for it to be removed or they just forgot. But <laughs> get my name out of there. But all right, let let's get into the episode. Which opens on a snowy day at X Mansion and a very, very awful rendition of Deck the Halls oh by Cyclops. Yeah. Oh. Deck the Halls with balls of Polly. La 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly. La 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 la. Uh, perhaps you two better take over from here. Well, that's Cyclops, Storm, and Jubilee. They're all singing. No, no, I'm sorry, Rogue. Rogue and Jubilee, yes. Yes. But Rogue and Jubilee are doing fine. Yeah. You if you I'll take your word for it, because Cyclops <laughs> was definitely domineering that uh Oh yep. Well he's the worst. I think all of them were recorded separately and they just combined it at the, <laughs> at the end, yeah. Fixed it in post. Yeah. There it is. Yep. Right. <laughs> Even he knows he can't sing. It might be the single worst singing I've heard on TV. It's, it's that bad. It's really awful. <laughs> I also wonder if, if well that's a matter. Yeah, I do appreciate them dunking on Cyclops like right out of the gate. Oh, like, yeah. Perfect. He's nothing but a laughing stock for the entire episode, <laughs> which is classic. I feel like the show takes it throughout its run, took every opportunity to point out how much of a dork Cyclops was. <laughs> oh, yeah. In this era. <laughs> uh, Scott's terrible voice is provided by Norm Spencer. And as is the case with most of this cast, he's also the voice of Cyclops in the Capcom fighting games. Yeah. Oh. So if you, like I, have Optic Blast lodged into your brain for eternity, <laughs> <Very nice. laughs> thank Norm Spencer. Optic Blast. I had no idea that they shared uh, voice talent. Before. I yes. that either. That's awesome. Uh, died in 2020, unfortunately. Oh, wow. Uh, but. <laughs> Also singing with Scott, so it's not entirely unbearable. Our rogue, voiced by Lenore Zan. Well, at least you tried. Better than old Grumpus over there. Who was also Tigra in the Avengers animated series from the late 90s. Mm. Yeah. Uh, where they were led by Hank Pym, because sure. Uh, <laughs> she was a bunch of characters on Dragon Tales. I've mentioned a show called Stunt Dogs on here. She was a character <laughs> on that. <laughs> and in the cartoon Mega Man NT Warrior, she was the voice of Roll. Oh, huh. Okay. Quite a resume. She, uh, these days, she's a politician with Canada's Liberal Party. She served in Parliament for the last two years. 
Whoa. Mon Sherry. I, I feel like she <laughs> is defines Rogue for a generation, a generation. of oh, people. Yeah, yes. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I feel like Anna Paquin tried to sound like her. Yeah. 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 They, they, she, I mean, there's several voice actors in this show that, like, really define those characters for mm-hmm. years. Oh, yeah. Like when mm-hmm. when you heard them or in your head, I feel like that's who you heard for the longest time. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, when you heard other people do it, you'd be like, eh, "Yeah, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right." <laughs> Always happens. Uh, and then Jubilee is voiced by Allison Court. Wolverine, come over and help us. I've never had a Christmas with you before. Who I know first and foremost as the voice of Lydia in the Beetlejuice cartoon. Oh, it's fun. Uh, and she was also Lunette the Clown from The Big Comfy Couch. She was also um, Claire Redfield from Resident Evil 2. Oh, okay. A, she's in a lot of yeah, Resident really? She reprises that role quite a bit in ancillary yeah. materials, it, it seemed yeah. like. Well, all right. So they're all singing carols and decorating a very big Christmas tree inside the mansion, which sent me down a rabbit hole for a little game called How Tall is the Christmas Tree in X Mansion? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Any guesses? I'm going to go with 42 feet. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> not even uh, close in it's height? A, like, not, it's taller? It, no, it's shorter. Okay. Uh, I was, yeah, I was like, wait, that would be four <laughs> stories. That doesn't make sense at all. We're talking about in this cartoon? In this cartoon. I'm going to say 24 feet. I'm going to go 16 feet. I'm going to 17. I changed my mind. Ooh. 11 <laughs> feet. Uh, well, now that Adam changed his mind, he's right on the money if I have my math right. So uh, so Rogue has to fly Jubilee to put a star on top of the tree. And using the strings of Garland as guidelines, I measured the tree to be just about three Rogues tall. <laughs> I love it. Rogue is apparently officially five foot eight. So three times that is 17 feet. However, in this She's wearing Yeah, in this scene, she's uh drawn as being the same height as Scott, who's listed as 6'3". Can we talk about the continuity or lack thereof? Yeah, well, there's a lack thereof. Is that like, (laughs) is that that series? Why? I'm talking about like, if you look at just, if you follow just the gifts, the not animated, but the the Christmas gifts uh, in this episode, thank you, Drew, uh, this episode, the continuity is glaring, like from scene, like from one second to another second, sizes, shapes, colors, they're all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's nuts. And I wondered to myself, is that, is that because it was, you said this fourth season? This is fourth season, yes. I wonder that's just the quality had dipped at that point, or that has been, that was the standard for the entire show, and I have no idea. That's the standard. Yeah. I mean, uh, if you go back and watch other seasons the the quality never really goes up or down from where it starts like it's it's kind of poor <laughs> throughout yeah they're not taking into consideration those gifts at all but that doesn't surprise me in the least it uh, you, you see a lot of the cheap animation where like a person's clothes will change color mm is this sort of era. And this is after that break that we talked about between the seasons where we thought it might be canceled and then they came back for more. I think this is after that. Yeah. Sort of related to that note, what what really stood out to me about this scene uh, is the lack of furniture 
in the uh, yes. Wolverine. Wolverine is sitting in a lazy boy. There's nothing else in the room. That's it's just the only piece of furniture. Him facing the fire and the tree behind him. They had to clear it out of the tree. Yeah. Well, it's it's also Professor X's mansion, and he's in that floating chair all the right. time. Yeah, so he doesn't need yeah, furniture. He doesn't need furniture. Yeah, like, and the X Men don't need to be sitting around. They should be training. But there are no other. There's no potted plants. There are no photos <laughs> anywhere. There, there's nothing. This is an empty room with just decorations on the wall. This tree in the middle. They should have put in the danger room. <laughs> it was right there. To be fair, the mansion is constantly getting destroyed. Uh, Fair. And so furnishing it is kind of a waste of time. So, yeah, Wolverine sitting away from anyone, turned away from anyone in the lone chair in this room, sitting by the fire, trying to avoid (laughs) anything remotely cheerful. Being in the room with the tree. Yeah, cranky old Wolverine just sitting there. Being cranky. If if he had had like a glass of whiskey, he would have been like the embodiment oh, of yeah. that Nick Offerman uh, year long video <laughs> yeah. where he just like, sits there and stares at you drinking whiskey. He's got the flannel shirt. <laughs> uh, Wolverine is voiced by Cal Dodd, who is easily best known for being Wolverine. Kid, the day you catch me singing jingle bells is the day pigs fly. <laughs> But he was also a voice in the Goosebumps TV show as Slappy the Living Dummy. Oh. Uh, and he was a doozer on Fraggle Rock one time. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I remember um, not with this episode, but, you know, a while back going back and rewatching this show and being surprised at how it, not that it's high pitched, but his voice is is like reedier than I remembered it being like my as a kid. I remember it being like really like, you know, raspy as it is and gravelly, but more sort of like deeper, more resonant. Um, and it's it's a lot like it's up here more, yeah, more yeah. than anything else. That was pretty good. Drew. But again, another like defining voice. Oh, yeah. This this voice will always be secondary to me. Next to the voice of the Wolverine, oh, I know. that was in that <laughs> yeah. one episode of Spider-Man, Pride of the X Men, <laughs> the oh. episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends, yeah. where they go to a barbecue with the X Men, and Wolverine shows up, and he inexplicably has this kind of weird, jaunty um, Australian accent. <laughs> And he like he he like skewers a bunch of pineapple, and he's like, "How you doing? Want a piece of fruit?" <laughs> <laughs> so every time I watch one of these '90s episodes, I think that's not Wolverine. Where's the Australian <laughs> accent? He's Australian in Pride of the yeah, Oh, is he? As well, yep. I don't know why. Oh, well, it must have been the same same yeah. production team or whatever that did that. Right. <laughs> that's hilarious. And then Hugh Jackman used an American accent just to throw everyone off. Yeah. <laughs> That could have been Canadian, I guess. <laughs> yeah, probably. But let's see who else is spending the holidays at X Mansion. We venture into the kitchen to find Gambit and Jean with very different ideas of what does and does not belong in a Christmas dinner. Yes. Guess which one likes it spicy? Disney, a little Gambit magic. A little cayenne, a little thyme. If you want to keep that hand, stay away. Uh, oh, Gambit's just trying to help. 
The day that I need your help in the kitchen is the day that I stop cooking. I, I love the situation where, uh, you know, Jean Grey is possibly the most powerful mutant, but she's also kind of the mom cook who's like, hey, yeah. don't tell me how to cook it in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch my roast. Yeah, I like that she flips what's what I thought was a pot of boiling liquid <laughs> over yeah. onto Gambit's head. Who apparently, yeah, feels nothing. He has no nerve endings. Yeah, yeah. right. Completely fine. Just where? Does Gambit always refer to himself in the third person? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In this show, he does. Gambit out of cook. <laughs> I know he talks like the rock. That's it. That's that's <laughs> the I, for, I forgot about that part. I was like, oh, that's right. He's like weirdly like like a like a Muppet, like a Muppet monster. <laughs> He's Leatherhead from Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes, that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he it's also like I think this scene and honestly most of the episode illustrates that they just should not dress out of their uniforms ever in this show like that gambit especially here needs his little like side mask yeah. uh sock his head sock, his head sock. and sock. it just looks so strange without it on and with a chef's hat and i think he's wearing <laughs> yeah. a striped shirt the fashion in this is amazing yeah they all are wearing such awful clothes except for Storm. Yes. Oh, yeah. She has a fantastic outfit in this. We got we gotta dedicate a segment to that. We We, will okay. Yeah, dedicate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh the voice of Gambit is Chris Potter, whom I know best as Peter Kane from Kung Fu the Legend Continues. David Carradine's adult son. Yeah, David Carradine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And Gene is voiced by Catherine Disher, who was also the voice of Jill Valentine in some Resident Evil. Resident Evil 3, at least. Uh, And she was apparently Roly Poly Oli's mother. But I've never watched that show, so I'm taking your word for it, Internet. (laughs) And then we also see Beast brewing some sort of holiday beverage in his lab. And he mentions it's non-alcoholic. And we see it turn from orange (laughs) to a bright green color. (laughs) I think Beast is making Ecto Cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I feel... Never mind. Well, I think we'll probably get to what's going to happen to his little concoction here in a minute. So I don't want to. I don't want to jump ahead too much. I think that's a separate thing, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because here he's brewing a drink, but it happens later, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. Twas Christmas broached the mightiest ale. Twas Christmas told the merriest tale. A Christmas gamble oft could cheer poor man's heart through half the year. Ah. Beast is played by George Buza, who was also the voice of Chief Chirpa in the Ewoks cartoon. Uh, And did any of you watch the Maniac Mansion TV show on the Family Channel? Mm -mm. He played Turner, who was Dr. Fred's rapidly aging toddler. So, like, he was a precursor to the movie Jack with Robin Williams. (laughs) And he's like the older guy with bald head and a full beard. So. Made it better. Fun fact, he also appeared in X-Men, the movie, uh, Brian's the Brian Singer film. Oh, um, he is the trucker that uh, Rogue. Oh, she, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Hides in his truck. Oh. He finds her and then drops her off where she'll go and meet. Wolverine, uh, yeah. Wolverine. Oh, 
Never caught that. Wow. Yeah. And I'm curious if he like, you know, it's it's a it's a small part, but he does have lines in it. And I'm just wondering, like, did his X-Men, you know, uh, credentials land him that part? Like, did he go in like, have you cast Beast yet? I played Beast in the 90s. <laughs> did you cast the trucker yet? <laughs> did you? I'll, I'll play the the Beast or I could play the trucker. Anything I can do where I wear a beard. Perfect. Yeah, he and he does. He oh, has yeah. like a big bushy uh, mustache. And he almost has the Wolverine hair cut, like cut on his cheeks. But he also he has a mustache, which Wolverine doesn't have. Yeah, that's his regular look. Yeah. And finally, keeping watch on the mansion's surveillance monitors are Professor X and Storm. I don't think I've had a happier Christmas. All of my X-Men together, with so much to be thankful for. Yes. What is it, Storm? You seem distracted. I am sorry. I'm not sure why. Let's talk about Storm's dress. (laughs) (laughs) I can't, I think she wore this dress like before in the show. I don't think that was the first appearance of that dress. I hope it wasn't a one-off. It's a quality dress. Yeah, I would hope she has more than like two outfits. Yeah. She's got a third in this that we see her wear, but be, but this, this dress, it's pink uh, and it's got these green sort of tiger stripes on them and tiger, tiger stripes. stripes. Yeah. yeah. It's fantastic look for her. I'm trying to remember what she's wearing in the in the pilot episode. She and Rogue are shopping at the mall that Jubilee's at and this a sentinel attack. Oh, yeah. They love the mall in this series. They yeah. do. They do. Yeah. It's like I think it's the same mall, too, at the uh, that shows up in this episode. But I think you're right. I forget what she, I don't think she's wearing this dress. But the fun thing there is they really play fast and loose with like mutant abilities in this show because when the sentinel shows up storm and rogue are like okay let's take you know we're gonna knock this thing out rogue just flies up and starts you know beating beating on it and storm does this thing where she like makes lightning shoot at her own body and like like basically transforms her civilian clothes into her storm outfit oh and I don't know if she's obliterating her clothes and has <laughs> the storm outfit underneath or somehow her lightning is transmogrifying yeah. the cloth mm-hmm. into, or it or it could be the unstable molecules that Professor X makes all of their uniforms out of. Maybe Deep. her other clothes are also that. And so she can somehow transform them. I don't know. Do you know what happens to a cotton blouse when it gets hit by lightning? <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> I read or heard recently that that, you know, that the joke that you quoted, there was supposed to be a recurring gag from Toad throughout that movie where he was asking, do you know what happens when this or that? And so that was supposed to be a callback to that a funny callback but they they, <laughs> they took all that stuff out and then she just <laughs> says that in well i'm glad they cut that it makes it better to me <laughs> yeah <laughs> a storm is voiced here by allison seeley smith 
Uh, she also voiced Gamora in the Silver Surfer cartoon. Gamora and Drax oh, wow. showed up in the Silver Surfer show, and now no one remembers Silver Surfer was even in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> didn't um, someone from this show play Drax, didn't they? I thought I saw uh, that. I think in that oh, same. Who was it? Was that Ape? I really liked Ape. <laughs> no, but uh, we're going we're <laughs> to get into a tangent with Ape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can't wait. It was Nor. Oh, it was, it was Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops was wow. Drax. Hmm. Yeah, wow. Norm Spencer was Drax. Uh, and then Charles is voiced by Cedric Smith, no relation, who was also the voice of Red Skull. Hmm. I I know him best from Avonlea. Oh, that's right. He was Alec King in Avonlea. Yeah, I watched Avonlea. We're now just starting to watch Anne with an E with the kids, which I like, and I think they enjoy mm-hmm. it. So. Uh, Storm seems to be not depressed, but Charles uses the word distracted, which is fitting. She's not sure why. I have why. a lot of issues with Storm's um, ethics in this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. But I'll, I'll bring I'll come back to that later. Yeah, we will. OK. Um, did, did we ever find out why Wolverine was so surly? Because he's Wolverine. Why not? He's all like, I don't like Christmas. I don't like Christmas. He's Wolverine. That's his. Ag, baby. He doesn't like Christmas. Yeah, that's it. I just, I didn't know what there was a catalyst for the, whoa, all right, all right, I just, I was just, just curious. Why is water wet? Why is the sky blue? <laughs> to Adam's point, you do have that plot point a lot in these sort of things, like, <laughs> exactly, like in Ghostbusters, Peter Venkman had a bad Christmas one year or something, or his parents forgot about it. Right. Uh, I feel like that happened in G.I. Joe, too, and I forget, but it's same idea. Yeah, uh, but right about now is when an explosion rocks the mansion and everyone runs to see what happens, thinking they're being Thunder attacked attack. on Christmas. No, it's Beast. <laughs> he was trying to make a cranberry glaze <laughs> and it backfiring on him. So, being the drama queen that he is, he pushes the panic alarm. Wait, 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 wait! <laughs> wait, wait. Did he hit that button? button or? That's what I inferred. <laughs> No, I thought it just the explosion of thing having come running. Oh no, there was an alarm. Well, there's definitely an yeah. alarm. Right, my thing's because yeah. the like it's like a smoke alarm, basically, oh, like, like an explosion okay. alarm. But like my yeah. point, but here's what I was gonna say earlier. Like, come on, this is freaking beast. Like, like there's no way he would have done something and not realized it was gonna be combustible. Like, it just, it's just, mm. it seems very um, out of character to me. Maybe that ecto cooler he was brewing wasn't quite non-alcoholic, as he said. <laughs> there you go. I th- and it it would be in character if it if he did that on purpose. Yes. Like in the comics, he sort of has become very kind of questionable in his ethics. Oh, yes. Uh, scientifically, yes, yes. I think he was just trying to um, give himself grounds for being a more prominent player in the course of this episode. <laughs> Which clearly needed to be done because if you look at like, I mean, this is establishing all of the characters that we're going to, you know, follow through the, through the course of this episode and beast will later play a very pivotal role in, in what happens. Yeah. Meanwhile, Gambit and Jean gray are stuck in the kitchen with like the worst B plot of any (laughs) series I've ever seen. Like utterly insignificant. (laughs) They never leave the kitchen. They are the filler plot. I I question beast being integral later. Well, well, yeah. Okay. I guess we'll cover that. Yeah. 
Uh, and Wolverine responds later than everyone else to the alarm. He's very annoyed to discover it's nothing. Says he's got to get out of the mansion and get away from Christmas. And Jubilee suggests he come with her and Storm into the city to go shopping because you know a good place to go if you want to get away from Christmas. New York City. <laughs> and the mall. <laughs> Which was like, for me, I was like, wait, like it, it was such a weird undertone of like, I don't remember. I always thought they had like a mentor mentor mentory sort of thing which i guess is kind of what they were inferring but also the way she's it's like father don't right, yeah. but the way she said it, it was like oh i don't know that's very very strange uh, and again at this point i'm so i'm still trying to figure out why is wolverine hate christmas there's still no no catalyst or like he's wolverine like, i get why, i get I that's your argument why do you need more of a reason than that i get that's why your argument is but he hates christmas because other people like christmas this is like his 160th christmas he's tired of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. like that she 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 does like try to compel him and he's like ah turn it off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All it takes a please for me and we cut to the bustling streets of Manhattan. Yeah. Where Jubilee has already bought a pile of wrapped gifts and there are the amazing switching boxes. Oh man, so crazy. <laughs> That's right. Can we talk about this though? Can we talk about just right. the premise of this? That like <laughs> this group of people who are constantly trying to um, uh, evade scrutiny and and not be seen as you know outcasts or or, or not provide any opportunity to um, create any kind of friction within society, choose to willingly go to a crowded mall on Christmas Eve in the middle of the most populous city in the United States. They're asking for trouble. I'll blame the victim. Okay. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, John. We all know where you're going with that one. I feel like out of the group, these three could blend into a crowd fairly decently. Wolverine's hair is very subtle. It was. Well, and, and yes. <laughs> Professor X's whole thing is like we're part yes. of society mm -hmm. you know we're not going to hide away except that we are going to hide that we're training children to be warriors <laughs> but we're not going to hide that we're mutants and that we exist in this society well i guess it does make a good contrast for uh the morlocks later on yes right yeah i cannot wait to like i'm I, can I skip ahead? Like, what is the difference between we'll a Morlock and a mutant? We'll get there. We'll get there. Why are there. they living the sewers? Yeah, okay. we can't go there yet. All right. We'll go. We'll, yeah, we'll uh, go through it. They're going through the mall. Jubilee has his sack present. Uh, Wolverine gets sprayed in the face by a cologne saleswoman because every Christmas shopping scene in the history of Christmas shopping <laughs> scenes needs a fragrance salesperson. <laughs> and again, I thought, okay, here we go. He got sprayed by some sort of like musk and like same people like come for him. Like something's gonna happen. And no, no payoff. Yeah. No, just <laughs> I had the same similar thought. I was like, oh, this, you know, she seemed sinister. Mm -hmm. didn't she, she did. Yes, exactly. Well, I mean, yes. yes, she did. 100%. It's called Musk of the Wild, Enjoy which is this. my favorite Switch game. Um <laughs> <laughs> He manages to escape the crowded shopping center and go for an ice skate on the rank at Rockefeller Center where <laughs> nice and subtle and alone. Yeah. I can't believe he's ice skating. <laughs> I can't believe there aren't more people on the ice rink after all exactly. the center on Christmas Eve. There's like nobody there. Yeah, it is not a crowded rink. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> also, so yeah, they uh, he grouses about ice skating or whatever, and and they're like, oh yeah, we we should probably uh, not be doing this, move along, and then they like kind of double down on it. They're like, let's retire our skates, and <laughs> I thought they were taking them off. They are tight. Uh, and this is about where Wolverine's heightened senses pick up the sound of sirens or actually he says something's happening up there. I can smell it. Can Wolverine smell noises? So we quickly find out the sirens are coming from an out of control ambulance with crashes through the wall on Rockefeller Plaza <laughs> and is about to fall onto the skaters on the ice rink. But Storm <laughs> calls upon the raging wind to blow the ambulance away from the innocent bite skaters <laughs> with a gust of wind. It's a raging right. a gust, gust of, wind. of wind to move an ambulance. Yeah, but I mean, hurricanes could move ambulances. They sure can. We'll be right back. X-Men, the evil mutant's primary attack. As Juggernaut harnesses his battering ram, Magneto reveals his magnetic force. Lead the attack, Juggernaut. But waiting are the X-Men. Evil mutants. Wolverine flashes claws of steel, while Cyclops turns on laser power. This city is speed limit. And the giant apocalypse is power lifted by the mighty Colossus. Lost again, Magneto. X-Men and evil mutants, each sold separately from Toybiz. Now, back to our program. And out of the ambulance crawls a pair of Morlocks, so I'll let you guys explain the Morlocks, because you'll do it better than I will. I mean, as I understand it, the Morlocks are just mute. They're mutants. They're no different than the X-Men in that regard. Interesting. The main difference is they tend to have physical attributes that don't allow them to exist in society. Now, that is not the okay. case with yeah. several. Let's put them in the sewer. Well, no, they don't. About they them. choose to go there. Oh, okay. So, so they they find <laughs> they have a community there. It's uh, the the thing is not especially in this show. Many of them uh, aren't physically that. You know, they look just like normal people for the most like part. It's like lazy animation. <laughs> um, and so I'm not sure. Well, and to be fair, most of the ones you see in this are based on, you know, mm-hmm. characters that originated in the comics who, again, it's like, well, this one guy's just really big and strong. Like, I don't. But the first one we're introduced to gets out of the ambulance and they're like, ape. He's ape. Yeah, they call ape. him ape. And then his hand grows like 10 times the size of a hand. Yeah. And he slaps them or something with it. Yeah. Like apes do. So I was a little confused about this. He's ape because he apes oh. other things. He's mimicking. Is that yeah. it? That's that's his whole Yeah, he really? can, he's a shapeshifter. I knew he was a shapeshifter. I thought they called him ape because he talked like Cookie Monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me too. No, Drew, I Drew, you're absolutely right. He talks like it's an ape. Of, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, goodness. I always found the Morlocks to be like kind of a subset of mutants. Well, so they're they're uh, desperate to get drugs because somebody is injured. They're 
their little leech. Yes, that's why they they stole the ambulance. So we have Ape here, and we also have Anna Lee, uh, who has the power of projective empathy, but she doesn't use it here that I know of. Doesn't use it. (laughs) Yeah. Nope. Doesn't use it. Seem to use it at all. Can we talk about the device of um, petty theft in holiday uh, specials or (laughs) holiday stories? Um, Because, like, I get, you know, I think it works here. It works. It's totally perfect. But um, the, in fact, this is maybe like the most spectacular version of the, this uh, uh, trope of someone in need uh, finally, you know, getting to the to the lowest breaking point and having to resort to criminal activity in order to make ends meet or whatever. Um, seldom does it involve, you know, ambulances crashing through concrete barricades and onto uh, an ice rink, the most famous ice rink in the world or whatever. Right. Ice um, skating rink. But it's, it's interesting to me <laughs> that 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 is the one um, the, the, the thing that the Morlocks I guess it, the the what this is leading me is like is this a pattern of Morlock behavior, or you know is it just because of the circumstances they resorted to petty crime, or was it just because they felt compelled to do it because it was the holiday season and that's what you do? I guess. When you're- <laughs> Look, here's the deal. It has to be the last one because we find out later on. This is a little foreshadowing, but like Leech did all this stuff right before he got sick, so he must have been sick for like a few hours. Like shit, we gotta steal the ambulance. Like we gotta get on this. <laughs> like, yeah, they make a big he leap. Just make Christmas dinner. He does all this stuff, and your first thought is grand, grand larceny. And uh, th- and like, wait, wait, what? How did that that like to uh, quote the uh, uh, anchorman? That escalated quickly. <laughs> and and also, why didn't Anna Lee, whose ability is to is to compel people to do things? Why didn't she compel the ambulance drivers to to come take care of Leech? Like the the episode, the first episode that features the Morlocks in this show, she like yeah. brainwashes Jean Grey into thinking that she she is Jean's mother. Huh. Yes, and and Jean Grey is one of the, if not the most, one of the most powerful telepaths in the X Men universe. And and so if you can convince Jean Grey that. She's your daughter. You can convince an ambulance driver to come take care of Leech, I think. Yeah, Anna Lee is just scenery here, and I'm not sure why. Yeah. Please, Dawn, help us. Leech is very sick, and we don't know what to do. She is voiced by Kay Tremblay, who was the voice of Bishop's sister Shard. Oh, a few episodes back. Okay. And according to <laughs> Wikipedia and IMDb, she was also on Avonlea as Great Aunt Eliza. Oh. <laughs> Avonlea reunion. <laughs> yes. Uh, but Ape is voiced by Ross Petty. How touching. But that still don't explain why you're joyriding in an ambulance. The ambulance has emergency medicine. And that name sent me down an interesting rabbit hole. So Ross Petty has founded this annual Christmas pantomime theater show in Toronto that is apparently a huge deal in Toronto or at least like greater Toronto area. Uh, But it's this series of fractured fairy tale type versions of shows, the kind you would uh, see in a theme park almost. They throw in pop culture references as jokes. 
Uh, most notable to me that I found was a 2004 production of Aladdin featuring Brett the Hitman Hart as the genie. <laughs> so that's in the show notes wow (laughs) this year the weekend this drops actually this is dropping on december 16th on the 18th and 19th they're doing their annual christmas show ross petty productions presents alice in winterland uh, which is apparently a ticketed live stream this year uh, and it's they're doing it in a choose-your-own-adventure format, so that should be interesting. If oh, it sounds like hmm. your jam, there you go. When are they going to do uh, read? You know, this episode of the X Men? They've got Ape. <laughs> they got Ape. <laughs> yeah. So the Morlocks, Wolverine's not a fan. Uh, he immediately accuses them of stealing the ambulance, which is true, but <laughs> because Leech is sick, and they tried to take him to a hospital. They were that desperate. He was apparently that sick. So I don't think it was a few hours. I think they he had got he had taken um, care of this stuff before. Look, as Louis said, he made Christmas dinner. So maybe, maybe he made, made it dinner, got sick. Yeah, maybe he batched and it. And then took him to the hospital yeah. and then immediately and, stole and the ambulance the from that case and where's Lee, you know what I'm saying? It is the story has holes for miles. I yeah, don't I don't know. He got double secret pneumonia. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say also, this is the moment that for me, I found out, I don't, I don't remember who said it, but somebody turned to Storm yeah. and said that she yeah. was the leader of the Morlocks. Yes, which happened in a previous episode. So that was new information to me. Okay. It's this episode that behind me, I have, I'm featuring the oft memified image of Wolverine laying on his bed. Um, pining away for gene gray he's like holding a yeah. he's holding a photo uh that that is a photo of gene and cyclops like a portrait they <laughs> had taken. like a teenager yeah <laughs> and you could see this photo it's it's yeah. as if gene and cyclops went and got a photo shoot like portraits and he went into their room was like i'm taking this so i can like stare wistfully at gene gray the worst <laughs> so He's he that's from that episode when they first meet the Morlocks and Storm uh takes over. And I would also like to show you guys um the image that comes up directly after this or during this scene. And I can send you this for the show notes. Wolverine's pining away. It cuts to Gambit and Rogue, and they're like, Where's Scott and Gene? Let's see who cares. Let's let them have some privacy for once. So here's, but here's what they look like when they're having that conversation. (laughs) (laughs) And for the, for the listener, (laughs) it looks like they're about to go swimming and, and rogue who, who normally is, is petrified at the thought of her skin touching anyone else's skin because she can't control her powers. She's in a one piece bathing suit, but Gambit <laughs> is basically in a speedo. Yep. <laughs> so I just wanted to. I I know this this is not this episode, but it's connected. It's, it's yeah. Got a, oh, absolutely. A connection. I have taken a screenshot of that. So oh, good, that's good. in the show notes. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things that I was curious about. Um, since they don't really explain 
in this episode how Rogue became the leader of the Morlocks. I actually looked it no, up. Storm. See, Storm. Storm. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, how she became the the leader of the Morlocks. Uh, and I was curious if that matches what happened in the comics because they they sort of have a duel, right? She yes. and yeah. um, Callisto. Is, yeah. Callisto. Yeah. Callisto. Right. Yeah, that happened in the comics as well. So here. Here's the thing that bothered me about all this is they they're like Storm, you're supposed to be the leader of the Morlocks, yeah. and she just doesn't react at all. <laughs> no, she's like eh. totally indifferent. <laughs> yeah, she does that. She blinks. She's like, she's like, a, like a slow blink. Yeah. Merry Christmas, Morlocks. <laughs> she's basically. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And. <laughs> And I wonder if this is the first time the Morlocks have returned to the show since that one. Um, and I'm personally still trying to figure out who the Morlocks are, because from my <laughs> estimation, they are mutants that Professor X did not bring into the mansion and are living in the they're, sewer. No, they're just... They are it like, just never applied for admission to the mansion. Oh, is that all? They are welcome at the mansion, but they hate out. So they've been cast out. Okay. They're 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 for their whether for their physical attributes. Is that covered? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Not in this episode. I didn't see it in this episode. No, it's not. A, but, all I saw was that they were ugly yeah. and their names are Ape and Leech <laughs> and Ugly Morlock. But they expect you to have watched every episode up to this point, not okay. to be watching right. it singly only for doing a podcast, which is a big <laughs> ask. It's a big ask. But most people are watching these shows because they're doing podcasts. Naturally. Oh, yeah. Professor X. Wait, this might be towards the end. Never yeah, mind. I think no, we end. don't Never see mind. the professor oh. again until the end. But for now, yeah, let's yeah. talk about Leech in the hospital. They say that his mutant powers were out of control. We see a flashback where his hands get all zappy and he knocks over a nurse to help him. You guys remember the Leech character better than I do. I don't remember him having zappy hands. No. <laughs> nope. His his own. Yeah. Now it's winter. So it might have been stacked electricity. Oh, oh that could be. Point. That's probably what it was. Leech's power is he can neutralize other mutant powers. If you remember the movie, he was infamously a major plot point in X-Men The Last Stand. He was the little bald boy. That's right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Whose blood was used to create the mutant cure in air quotes. Yeah. Yeah. So Ape and Anna Lee plead to Storm, uh, who became the Morlocks leader a few seasons back and just left them. Storm believes them, so Jubilee <laughs> believes them. Wolverine has his doubts. Sewer rats. I, now, I don't know why Wolverine hates the Morlocks so much. It's everything's episode. I understand everything. why he would hate well, the hate Christmas, because Christmas is all happy and, you know, it's Wolverine. But the Morlocks, like, that's his jam. You know, these are people <laughs> who hate society, who hate, you know, everyone who has it better than them. And so I would think, if anything... Wolverine would be like, yeah, Morlocks. I'm, I get it. I hate the Morlocks. I hate Christmas. I like ice skating. Mad about what they did to Gene. Oh, it is. You're right. It is what That's they did to Gene. That's a good point. Yeah. That you're must absolutely be absolutely right. Because he gets really mad. Storm is trying to convince him to do a blood transfusion. <laughs> and he goes, forget about it. It's impossible. <laughs> and then she says something else and he goes, maybe there's a chance. <laughs> now, I want to also point out that the blood transfusion is with a character named Leech. <laughs> <laughs> the 
That's the biggest thing here is that they're like, hey, do we have the equipment to do this? No, the guy's name is Leech. Let him do it. Well, he's bedridden right now. He's just sitting groaning on a bed. Uh, The voice of Leech is John Stalker. Leech hungry, too. Who I know best from the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. He was Toad. Whoa. Get out of here. Wow. Nice. And if you watch the Care Bears family, he was beastly. Oh. And I just talked about the Care Bears Nutcracker Suite, and he was the Rat King in that. So John Stocker's back in the podcast. Nice. Um, Does great as Leech. Yes. <laughs> With all Bones like three or well. four of his lines <laughs> here. Uh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> and also here is the former leader of the Morlocks, Callisto, who is not thrilled to see Storm. So, our glorious leader deigns to visit us after all this time. Is this Christmas charity? Or did you just come to watch a Morlock suffer? Good old Callisto. Callisto's voice is Susan Roman, who voiced Scarlet Witch, uh, and was the North American voice of Sailor Jupiter. Whoa. Uh, and I also talked about her in the Care Bears episode. She was Funshine Bear. Right. Nice. There is a lot of crossover between tertiary X-Men characters and the Care Bears, but okay. there's only these two common threads in this episode. But uh, Storm and Callisto agree to put their differences aside and give Leech their full attention. Callisto... <laughs> Has an eye patch and a scar and a and a scar over <laughs> and her that's other eye. it and the scars over the other eye and the yeah. eye patch is over the good yeah. eye. <laughs> and they it's a, what uh, Adam was saying earlier. They switch in between. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're flopping all over the place. That's their mutant power. The guy has power. I can move the <laughs> scar over here. <laughs> it's like a video game when you uh it's a- any fighting game if you're yeah. facing the other way now you're left-handed. Right. That's yeah. point. <laughs> exactly like Storm's original idea or original intention is to fly Leech to X Mansion so Beast can attend to him but after Wolverine looks him over he says Leech wouldn't survive the trip. Uh, and that really upsets Jubilee. No, he can't. Not today. Not leech. <laughs> yeah, th- that's where they cut to commercial. And back from commercial, Jubilee asks Wolverine if his self-regeneration powers could help leech, and that's where this blood transfusion idea comes in. Can we talk about these long, lingering shots on the quote-unquote more like Christmas tree? There's three of them mm-hmm. in this episode, where it's just the slow pan. It's the same yeah. shot. Yeah. The bottom, but it's, it's slightly different. It definitely was animated three times. Oh, yeah. It's a slow pan, and the last time... There's an ornament that shows up out of nowhere, broken, of course. Was it not there? No, it was there. Every time. It was there was every it, was time. Uh, I, I must have missed that. No, um, this is it's this little Charlie Brown Christmas tree that's oh, yeah. barely clinging to life. And on the top of it, uh, drooping down is this shattered ornament. Yeah. Uh, and it's a powerful little pan that they do every time. They really oh, yeah. focus on it just to remind you that it's a Christmas episode. They really hammered home. The girl tells us that Leech found the Christmas tree. Leech found the Christmas tree. Yeah. He found the Christmas tree. And he made tree. dinner. And, he, and yeah, he also <laughs> found, found dinner. And then, and at, and then about that point, I'm like, what are the rest of you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's the one gathering it. He he wanted he wanted a Christmas dinner or something. He's the heart of the Morlocks. He's the heart of the Morlocks, and he got pneumonia over it. I'm just going to say, too, 
that Christmas dinner that that leech the the Morlock gruel or whatever that they're yeah. preparing for Christmas yeah. looks way better than anything Jean Grey and uh, Gambit <laughs> come up with. So I mean, if I have to pick, I'm having really? Christmas with the Morlocks. It does look appetizing. I I had a big problem with the and the the, the next thing is Jubilee is like. I half of my presents are food. Oh no, no, that's way later on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, okay. well, I I wanted to give a fun sort of note on the you know Jubilee trying to get Wolverine to use his healing factor to help mm-hmm. somehow. Right. Um, in the comics, when Jubilee turns into a vampire, the only way she can live is by drinking Wolverine's blood because he can regenerate it um, ah. without being. Uh, so so it's not a, a danger to him. So it's fun how those two things link together. There you go. Uh, and it's only after Storm asks if this is over Wolverine's prejudice of the Morlocks that he admits he's tried to help others with his blood and had to watch over 20 different people die trying to save them. That's my favorite. 20. <laughs> yeah, he's like so specific with that number. <laughs> exactly 23. <laughs> including oh, a kid smaller than Leech. Yeah, a kid smaller than Leech. <laughs> Didn't make it. That also, kid. The, it's like the, the focus shifts from like, let's save Leech to like, let's save Wolverine's feelings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, who the Leech. Like, Wolverine, man, he had some rough times with people. We got to make sure he's doing, come on, kid, do it for me. I'm like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but it has worked twice, he admits, and the, and that's enough for Storm to insist you have to at least try. And then the best moment of the entire episode where Ape's like, my time to shine, baby. Yes. <laughs> so Storm has Ape transform yes. himself into a flatbed. Why can't Wolverine lay on the floor? Just, I understand. I mean, it's like there's so many options. Do, do they need to be, le- does he need to be at the same level as Leech? That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, maybe at the Besides, same Besides, yeah, like Storm says, Wolverine needs a flat surface. Okay, you're in a sewer and the ground's dry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's only like a foot higher. Right. It's right. a low bed. <laughs> but, well, and he kind of is a so weird good. table. It's not even like it, it it's <laughs> yeah. It's like he does a back bend into the table form. But then later you see his face, his face is on the table on the front right. of it. But it like, hey, it hey, should y'all. be it should be upside down if you did that back bend, but it, it's right side up. So well, you figure if you change the stuff, you probably just you can, yeah, twist it around. That's yeah, move the yeah. face up. Yeah. I guess if it's either the shape-shifting mutant or the ground, I'm picking the shape-shifting mutant, too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'd choose the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, going ground and gruel. I'm with, with John. Hey, all right. <laughs> well, speaking of that, back at the mansion, we cut to more kitchen fighting between Gene and Gambit. <laughs> I did want more of this plot because it's just yelling at each other in the kitchen. It's a great kitchen too. Like, oh uh, yeah, I, I, which this. So again, like it's it's very um, sparse, right? There's there's not much going on in this kitchen, which led me to think like, how do they prepare meals for all of the people who live in this facility and keep it so immaculately clean? And that led me to wonder, like, is there like a mutant cleaning service or do they all have, you know, chores? Like, is somebody in charge of cleaning the kitchen? And if so, who's cleaning the kitchen? 
Quicksilver. And who did it before <laughs> this episode? Because Gambit and 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 Gene like really they kind of mucked it up. Yeah. Um, this reminds me of something, John. I'm really glad you said this. And I know if somebody actually might have the answer to this. So at the beginning of the episode, they went Christmas shopping, obviously, right? Right. Where's the money coming from? Like Jubilee's like, finally, this is the first real Christmas I've had. She's got like 20 gifts. Who's who's bankrolling this thing? I just like, assume where, where, Professor X. Where, where, where's he getting the money? He's like, he's rich. <laughs> he is. He's rich. Hey, he's rich. He, he has, has a mansion. mansion. <laughs> Be giving any of that to these Morlocks, <laughs> it's just coming out of your too. tuition. He's uh, he welcomes the Morlocks. The Morlocks don't want to yeah, hang out with the X Men. No, it's their choice to stay in the store. Uh, I think it might be Storm bankrolling Jubilee's shopping spree because she made some comment about how her childlike joy at Christmas. Uh, it made her kind of wistful for her own childhood yeah, or something. Yeah, but so maybe that. But I don't know where Storm's getting money either. She's doing all right. She's got multiple outfits that she's wearing through this. Like, I know, but yeah, the, and then the jacket that, that, that she wears too. shopping and down here. She's the leader of the Morlocks. I mean, yeah. that has to be a lucrative. Yeah, some tithing from them. And, you know, yeah. Good enough. There you go. Morlock salary that we didn't know about. <laughs> Gambiteer admits he only gave the ham a little juicing up, and that's enough for Gene to throw a stalk of broccoli at him. And Scott zaps it out of the way so no one gets hurt. <laughs> it's a clean zap because they catch it and it's so fully in- oh, yeah. intact. Yeah. Just a knocks it out of the way. Yeah. These optic blasts are concussive, of course, and not uh they don't radiate oh, yes. heat. So yeah, yeah, they would have just all right. <laughs> yeah. Just a right. slap. But their bickering's cut short by the professor who calls for Rogue to fly Beast into the city for something closer to proper medical attention because beast isn't a licensed physician because mutant, uh, but he's smart enough to actually know what he's doing, I guess, which to the Morlocks is fine. <laughs> you can't make a, a cranberry sauce, but all right. Going to save this, this kid. Fix uh, leech. And back in the tunnels, Jubilee is comforting a little scaly skinned Morlock girl named Mariana who is a completely original character in this episode and apparently nowhere else anywhere. Oh, nice. (laughs) She's not in any comics I could find. She's not in any other episodes of the show. I don't even have a voice credit for her. Oh, wow. It's okay now? Soon. Come, see Christmas tree. Mariana is here to be a sad little Morlock girl who's worried about Leech, and that's it. Hmm. And it's weird because Leech was the sad little Morlock, yeah. but then they're like, let's let's bring in a sadder, younger, yeah. littler yeah. girl. To be it's upset little about Cindy Lou Who Morlock. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> also, without knowing the mutant powers of these moral of these Morlocks, Jubilee was very trusting of like, hey, little Morlock girl. Yes. Like, come, I'll hug you and hold you close to myself. And I mean, she doesn't know what this kid could do. She has no idea. Yeah. Yeah, she clearly doesn't care. She knew who Leech was when they mentioned his name. Not Leech. Yeah. Yeah, not <laughs> Leech. Not on Christmas Eve. <laughs> 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 Uh, and, and here's where she asks Storm how the Morlocks can live like this with nothing. And Storm <laughs> explains, no, you're wrong. They have the power of love. That's the power of love. <laughs> no, 
Forbes. You're wrong, child. I love that. That's like that line was actually you're wrong, child. Yes. <laughs> okay, I, I wrote this down. She said they have each other's love as long as you have a loving family. Every day is Christmas. It would do us well for us to remember that. And the whole time I'm thinking. You're in charge of this. <laughs> I think she's telling herself that. Right. Uh, I, uh. I hope so. But oh, okay. No, there's, no, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Uh, she solves that problem in a way, in a manner of speaking <laughs> later. Uh, but just as Wolverine's about to give up, in comes Beast with his little black doctor bag from the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, he doesn't really do anything, right? He, 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 sort of, he speaks to the leech. And he starts locally. to do something. He's like, okay, here I am. I'm going to save the day. Oh, actually, Wolverine, the transfusion. Yeah, worked. no. Beast shows up. He takes out his stethoscope to... Because what do doctors do? All right, I'll put on the stethoscope, <laughs> listen for a heartbeat, and Leech finally blinks awake and screams. Now we at do the, get a good yeah. POV shot of like yeah. Leech's oh, yeah. eyes opening we get up. The, yeah, we get Leech's eyes blinking awake, and then you get the blurry focus on Beast's face, which Leech screams at. Uh, <laughs> understandable. Oh, yeah, if that's the first thing yeah. I'm opening my eyes to, I'd give a gasp, too. Uh, Leech sits up. Jubilee's moved to tears. Wolverine breathes a sigh of relief next to the tiny little Charlie Brown Christmas tree with the broken <laughs> ornament. <laughs> Looks like things are about to wrap up when Storm demands Callisto give her the scepter yeah. of power. <laughs> then Callisto starts to say something and then Storm's like, hold on, hold on. I'm in charge here. And then this is she like... I don't need to give demands- you an explanation. It's, uh, yeah, it... It's such a uh, Ebenezer Scrooge end of the Christmas Carol, like messing around with Cratchit, being like, "Where would you work today?" Oh, good point. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> kind of. Uh, they have a bit of a spat before Storm invokes her authority as leader of the Morlocks, commands Callisto to kneel before her, and Storm officially relinquishes her title and names Callisto as the Morlocks' new leader, which she was kind of acting as to begin with. Fine. Right. She was their old leader. Storm realized she did a whole lot of nothing for these people and decided to make her piecing out of their lives and abandoning them official. <laughs> you can make ceremony about it, too. Be so like, great. Like, be close to in, in combat. I think what happened early in the episode. So I'm the leader. Yeets out for three years. Comes back and be like, oh, right. Uh, hey, I'm so, but I'm so, you know what? You may Your have. leader again. <laughs> Rise and kneel no more. What? Because she did it today. It's a Christmas gift, right? It's a Christmas yeah. Christmas. yeah. <laughs> And now Wolverine's in the mood to celebrate. He asks for a cookie and orange juice. (laughs) What's that sounds like? What's the guy doing like cookie and orange juice around here? Like what? Well, he just gave blood. He did just give blood. That yeah, that's exactly what they give you. Good job, Drew. I guess it either. I didn't connect that. His blood rege- re- regenerates. So right, of all, right. Yeah, he's the last person who needs that. But yeah. he thanks Leech for surviving and both mention they're hungry. And Callisto invites them all to stay for Christmas dinner. It's not much, but wait. <laughs> all of those packages Jubilee bought, half of them are food. So, so weird. She gives them all to Leech and Mariana to open up and they all stay for dinner. That This is the weirdest part where there's the beast story of uh 
Jean Grey and Gambit cooking turkeys in a mansion. And nobody's like, hey, why don't you come back to our mansion and eat our feast that we've already prepared and maybe sleep there? They don't want to go there, Nick. I guess. (laughs) Okay, I get it. I get it. Speaking of Gambit, he's dismayed to learn that his big spread of food that we now see in the kitchen will go uneaten that night. And leftovers. Yeah, Gene tells him they can warm it up later, but you do not warm up such a meal. <laughs> and our last shot is Charles on his Zach Morris phone talking to Jubilee. Yes. It's 1995. <laughs> Why is he using his phone? He's telepathic. <laughs> he can he can literally speak to anyone in the world in their brain. Maybe he Where's got that? that phone for Christmas. Gene got uh, another phone for Christmas. There oh, you go. He I love it, Gene. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'll use, it, I'll use it right now. Great. Oh. But he's also like, yes, Jubilee, you're you're you're, you're finally like saying like I can't remember the phrase he was like, you are like you're you're showing what's like to be an X-Men. It's like, like, has she been an X-Men for like, like four years at this point? It's like, well, it's, and it's her actually, like, first like, year as an X-Men. So uh, everything leading up to this has been one. It's been one year. Okay, one one year, apparently. Okay. Hmm. At least says, since uh, episode one. Yeah, well, <laughs> right. it's the first Christmas we see, so sure. Uh, he's proud of her for understanding how much more she's needed where she is and. We pan outside the mansion as snow falls over final title card, wishing us Merry Christmas from all the X-Men. Or at least all the ones that are in this episode. Because <laughs> Charles forgot a few. He At the beginning, he said, I'm so happy that all of my X-Men are here together for Christmas. And there aren't a lot of people there. It's mostly an empty mansion. Where was Iceman? He would be perfect for a Christmas episode. Yeah. He's not he's not a member anymore at this in this continuity. Oh, okay. He does show up in one episode of this show and references references the fact that he was an original member. But uh but yeah, it's not not in this I was over next to this wall the whole time. I was upstairs in my room. Got Judy Winslow out of the X-Men show. I was in my room looking at a photo of Gene and Cyclops. <laughs> looking at a photo of Wolverine. Yeah, yeah looking, looking at, at a picture a photo. of Gene. Oh, speaking of Wolverine, is this the first episode where Wolverine does not brandish his claws at all? Oh. Interesting. Like he good, At no point does he ever use Does he them. never... You're, he never pulls him out. He threatens it. We get sprayed. When he gets sprayed he like puts his fist up. He's like shaking. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He puts the fist up there, but he does not extend them. In so many ways, this episode disappoints in that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all the ways that we talked about, but as as an X Men show, we never see them in their their uniforms. No, they there's barely any kind of action right it's just the ambulance basically and and the well, broccoli and, and, the, and, the, <laughs> and, the, and the pot of tepid water yeah apparently. tonight on a very and, special x-men <laughs> so we get very little x-men kind of activity in this in this episode peace on earth i think that's why i like it i think that's that's why it's a great episode <laughs> there you go well final thoughts on this one did you guys catch right at the very end when they're kind of having the, the little sappy, you know, back and forth? They're 
doing, I think, you know, like a jingle bell theme, essentially. But I kid you not, if you listen carefully, right in the middle of it, it goes. <laughs> I heard it. I was like, yes. Yeah, he threw that in yes. there. Yep. Logan, I regret that I was too blind to show you the compassion you have given Leech this day. I should know better than to question your heart. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a wonderfully terrible episode. Um, <laughs> again, <laughs> I got so hung up on the package thing so quickly. It like dominated my entire viewing uh, experience. Um Oh, doing this but, podcast, again, I'm used to stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I forget um, <laughs> to mention it. So thank you. Yeah, I give it a, I give it a two out of five bubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of what I said earlier of like not enough actual X Men stuff going on in this. Um, not even like a B story. Like I, I appreciate that they tried to inject this kind of Jean Grey Gambit thing, but. <laughs> Maybe there could have been a B story where, like, you had a few X Men doing actual X Men stuff amidst the holidays. Um, I would have liked that. I give it a uh, one Wolverine claw out of six. <laughs> I, I, I'm just glad that uh, Storm turned over uh, control of the Morlocks to Calypso uh, since she hadn't thought about it since she got in charge i'm really upset about that um i i wish that somebody would offer the warlocks you guys seem to think that everyone feeling like they should live in is okay maybe they should just suggest they do come over and have dinner dinner i would really think dinner they should have been like hey i know you want to live up here but like just we'll go we'll make a real hush hush real under the radar which comes some food they wouldn't come I bet you Abe would have come. Maybe I just don't know how how it's like to be a Morlock. (laughs) With you people, I'm going to the warm mansion that's above ground. (laughs) Abe, we we need a Christmas table. You got it? (laughs) Yes. Oh, no. That's worse. They do need more furniture in that place. Yeah, they do. It'd be perfect. Anybody else want to sit down besides Wolverine? I'm on it. (laughs) Abe on it. Nick, what you reading? Uh, zero out of five sewers. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, I actually lament that they ever left the mansion for, for any purpose in this, because like it, at the start, I got really excited. I thought this is just going to be, uh, like a a domestic farce with, uh, all kinds of shenanigans around the X mansion, you know, maybe some secret Santa shenanigans and stuff. Uh, and then we don't really get that apart from the, you know, the kitchen stuff, which, uh, like, as the premise, I like, but it doesn't ever really get there for no. me. You know, they, they should have really doubled down on the kitchen stuff if they were actually going to do that. So <laughs> I still believe that there is a great X-Men Christmas special to be made yet. This was not it. But since it did give me a little bit of what I wanted uh, I would say it's probably three out of five uh, color-changing mismatch uh, Jubilee <laughs> Christmas gift packages. Yes, I, I will also give it three out of five shattered ornaments hanging from the saddest Christmas tree. <laughs> uh, and you can watch this on Disney+. Plus. It's hiding in season four. It's episode number 14. But thank you all for breaking your retirement to talk with me about old cartoons. This was fun. 
super fun. Yeah, thank you for having us. Sure, yeah, definitely. Uh, and if people want to give your ham a little juicing up, where can they find you on the internet? Let's start with Drew. Oh, um, I what's my Instagram? Uh, go Pizza Nut still or no? Is it Go Pizza Nut or is it Pizza Nut Go? I don't know. Um, I can this is becoming remember. a bit for Drew. Uh, where well, I just can't. Yeah, I, I can't ever remember. Let me look. Let me look. All right, go Pizza Not. It it's, looks like you also registered Pizza Not Go and just nothing's there. Yeah, I, there was a whole yeah. mishap when I first started setting up this online persona where I tried to get certain URLs and they weren't available and I tried to get email addresses and and in the end, there's like Go Pizza Not and Pizza Not Go in various forms. The one to look at is Go Pizza Not, uh, P-I-Z-Z-A-N-A-U-T. I post every few months. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick. Um, I, I, if you like cute dogs, follow me on Instagram at Nick Main. Uh, if you like food and live in St. Louis, uh, check out my podcast, Me in St. Louis. Award-winning. 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 Uh, John. Uh, you can argue with me about um, whether or not uh, Wolverine uh, deserves his uh, sour disposition on Twitter at John Dedeke, um or on Instagram at Grateful Dedeke. <laughs> and Adam. I barely exist on the internet, but if you really want to try to find me, uh, I'm on Instagram as Adam underscore senior SR senior. Well, sorry, Adam underscore SR. SRC. 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 I can't find him. Uh, are the ambassadors of Harmony doing anything in December? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, so we are the first time in two years doing a, uh, a full Christmas show. Must be uh, masked and vaxxed uh, to come see the show. Uh, that's going to be the weekend of December 10th, 11th, and 12th. Oh, uh, shoot. We're, <laughs> this is after that. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it hey, was a great show, and I'm right. sorry you all missed it. That's fine. Uh, oh, man, it was amazing. The show we did last weekend. <laughs> she should have been there. AOH.org. Well, thank you again, guys. This was awesome. Thank, thank you, Mike. you. Absolutely. Anytime. Uh, well, y'all can find show notes for all the Morlock tunnels full of tangents we went on today at adventcalendar.house. I'm on Twitter at fallwestmike and adventcalhouse. Tune in for our next exciting episode in just a couple of days. Until then, for Drew, John, Nick, and Adam, live from the Danger Room, this is Mike Westfall reminding you to mind the icy patch. It might just be Bobby sulking because he's not in this episode. <laughs> Later. <laughs> my mom, my mom, my mom, my Mike Westfall. Yeah. <laughs> And now, these messages. Hi, I'm Ed Daly. My new book, The Christmas Book, The Ultimate Guide to Your Favorite Holiday, is out now in time for holiday gift-giving. In it, I explain everything from our odd customs, like bringing trees indoors and kissing under the mistletoe, to the stories behind just about every major Christmas song and movie ever made. 
And most importantly for lovers of the Advent Calendar House podcast, the biggest section of the book focuses on Christmas on TV. Sure, Charlie Brown, Rudolph, and Frosty are included. The Christmas book also examines lesser-known Rankin Bass specials like Nestor the Long-Eared Christmas Donkey, Christmas variety shows, sitcoms, cop shows, doctor shows, anthology shows. Anyone out there remember the holiday episodes from He-Man, Garfield, MacGyver, SpongeBob, Curb Your Enthusiasm, 90210, Animaniacs, G.I. Joe, Scooby-Doo, and of course the Rambo Christmas cartoon where he saves a toy maker and travels shirtless down a snowy mountain on a hubcap. I'd love to hear about your favorite TV specials. My Twitter account is EasyEdDaily. That's E-Z-E-D-D-A-L-Y. The book is The Christmas Book by Ed Daly, available on Amazon. Thanks, everyone. Hope you enjoy it. I wrote it with fellow Christmas fanatics like you in mind. What do two poets who are Christmas geeks do when they get together? They get drunk and argue about Yuletide Lit. It's time to get lit for Christmas. Join us as we open the liquor cabinet, grab a book off the shelf, and have a little boozy conversation about what warms our chestnuts and makes us holly and jolly. Find out the best screwdriver to scrooge with. Get the recipe for Gift of the Magi Mojitos. Enjoy a little Peppermint Patty Polar Express. Everyone's welcome at this party. It's time to do some Jingle Bell Jello shots and talk about the great, and maybe not so great, works of Christmas literature. Hurry up! The fireplace is roaring and Bing Crosby's crooning. We're two drinks in and the spirits of Christmas past, present, and future are flowing. Grab a cup of cheer and find a place on the couch. It is time to get lit for Christmas. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. I'm dreaming of a smoky mountain Christmas With the kids around the fireplace stringing popcorn for the tree I'm dreaming of a smoky mountain Christmas With nothing much that money buys But everything worthwhile in life Dreaming of a smoky mountain Christmas